0: Welcome to The Conversation. This is Christy. And hi, I'm Gretchen. This is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 25, where we will be getting real about society's impact on health and body image. One of the things that we kind of touched on before when we were talking about like the society and self episode, but didn't really go into a lot, was the impact of the different societal views and stereotypes and expectations that... Are put on all of us women and men they really become ingrained so ingrained in Mm -hmm. terms of what is healthy what our bodies should look like what body image is and what a healthy body image is and what an unhealthy body image is and how uh, contorted that gets for all of us in our minds and how separate then that becomes in terms of health right so that certain body images are less healthy or more healthy based on appearance, based on things like that. So we kind of wanted to delve into that a little bit
1: more in this episode. Well, like we were saying about having it be ingrained in you, this is something that kids look for. And when they hear messages, whether it's through advertisements or conversations that adults are having, I know a lot of my clients who are parents talk about wanting to instill a healthy image for their children. Absolutely. But if they're doing these crash diets or talking negatively about themselves Mm -hmm. or how they look, that that's actually teaching their kids more than the words that they're saying.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's so hard, too, because you're – I know I'm in this position where I have two children, so I'm in a position of trying – and they're boys, but I also still – I want them to have healthy body images about themselves, and I want them to have – healthy viewpoints of the people in their lives. I don't want them to be ingrained in the same way that so many of us have been and still are. And it is really hard because we're all just trying our best mm-hmm. <laughs> as parents and just yeah. as individuals. But trying to share with them and teach them it's like how to how to recognize the false stuff is really tricky. Mm-hmm
1: well and how to accept yourself as you are while you're changing too i know for myself getting older is just like a, ugh, yeah this has changed and i don't really like that yeah i don't want to accept it and yeah. you know uh, so many people struggle with this is really the way that i feel i know in my mind i should be telling myself positive things so maybe let's talk about like being more realistic in the language that we use rather than saying okay, let's rev myself up and say that, you know, I'm the most perfect at this or, you know, rather than saying, hey, I'm doing the best that I can or I can meet myself where I'm at and know that there are always things that we could be doing differently. So calling ourselves out, I think that recently, when I'm talking with people about body image, it comes up about, I want this, like, Mm. I want to lose weight or I want to be healthier. And I've really focused a lot with people on changing that language to, I'm willing to do this. I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. So that makes it more specific. Like, it I'm does. willing to go to the gym twice a week. Or I'm willing to do X, Y. And it makes it, like, more honed in yeah. on a specific attainable thing rather than saying, like, I wanted to lose 50 pounds and I didn't do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and also I think exploring the motivation behind that. So when mm-hmm. we say things like, I want to be healthier, or I want to lose weight, or I want to be this size, or I want whatever. What's the motivation behind that? Why do you want to do that? And where does that mm-hmm. come from? Because that really ties into the motivation for, for why, we're, why all of us are doing these things. Because a lot of times, it's not because it's truly something that I want. It's, mm-hmm. well, it's because society, that's what society says is beautiful. That's what society is telling me. That's what all of the advertisements, and that's what I see mm-hmm. everywhere.
1: Well, and once I attain that, then I'll feel happy. So there's this sense of... Not true. (laughs) Right? There's a sense of... Then they've done that, wasn't happy. There's something Mm -hmm. that's missing inside of me. And until I have this, I'm just doomed. Yeah. And really, and people just feel like... I use people loosely. You listeners can let us know if this occurs for you or not. But just saying that... There's no way. If I accept myself the way that I am, I'm going to become lazy. I'm not going to care. And that's, like, really not true at all. No, not true at all. Because when you're not accepting of yourself, you're putting everything outside of you. And the way that society is, like, they want you to be wanting more. They want you to be spending your money. They want you to be constantly on the go because if you're happy with what you got, you're not spending your money. Right. Right. And so when we kind of start to think about what the
0: social community expectations of appearance are, it is down to the minute thing. It's, it's about how you do your hair, the size of Your body, the clothes that you wear, how your body looks, your hair color, your your nails done. Mm -hmm. But also, when we're talking in terms of different cultures and stuff, it can also be skin tone, Mm -hmm. hair color, lightness and darkness, things like that. Whether or not, like, did you go out without makeup on, and (gasps) it's Mm -hmm. you know a sacrilege, (laughs) and and those kinds of things that we start to realize that there are these expectations that we adhere to in our daily life and they aren't because we want to do them, mm-hmm. they're because we feel like we have to do them or we're expected to do them by someone out there in general and there is no one person necessarily telling you to do this but we all feel that pressure to mm-hmm. perform mm-hmm. and to show up and to constantly strive to be better than, I don't know than we are right now and I think it's kind of what Christy says is it we don't really focus on if I accept myself where I am, if I realize that I I am okay where I am, I am good where I'm at, it doesn't mean that you can't move forward, but maybe you don't need to move as forward as you thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you, maybe you don't need to move forward at all. Maybe you're okay with where you're at, or maybe you are allowed to then decide some expectations that you want for yourself that are actually a bit more reasonable and realistic
1: well because what that honestly does is it relieves a lot of pressure and so then you have a lot more energy to focus on the things that'll make you feel good so if you're really looking at this is what i'm dealing with in my environment and something that i can physically do to make myself feel good that is (laughs) that's a lot more attainable in reality than making 10 people like you for whatever reason
0: yeah our society in general teaches women that we are not enough, and we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to remind ourselves is that it, our society teaches women to hate our bodies.
1: And I really think that the what the dating culture has become has really reinforced that because Absolutely. there's a lot of like disposable relationships or people not willing to put in the work that it takes to make um, a relationship sustainable, so then... Maybe the partner takes it on themselves, like there's something wrong with me. And I'm telling you that the more you spend that time and energy doing the things that you want to do, you're only going to be surrounded by the people that make you feel good. Yeah. I think that there's a leap of faith that comes with that and that it's really a matter of getting okay with who
0: you are and where you're at. And having a good support system because you're right. It's a huge leap of faith and it's terrifying Mm -hmm. to say to yourself, you mean I'm going to stop striving for this something bigger that I have done for basically probably my entire life or a large part of my Mm -hmm. life. And usually when we get to the point where we're sick of it, that it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of counting calories. I'm tired of going to the gym every day or spending X amount of time at the gym or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm tired Mm -hmm. of being on a diet. I'm tired of worrying about what my size is all of these things like we get to a point where we're just exhausted with it usually at that point our anxiety Mm -hmm. is already pretty high and so then to add on top of it to say just don't care about it all is even more anxiety producing and that can be stressful as well
1: well because it's like then you're in this constant state of not doing something right and if you're if you don't have a plan of I'm adhering to these rules and I have to be strict about these rules. Yeah. Then I think people have this fear that left to their own devices, they're just going to go crazy. So like in intuitive eating, they talk about rejecting the diet mentality and that food police model of this is good and this is not good. Like, Oh my gosh, if I get rid of that, then all I'm going to eat is bad food. Well, guess what? You're going to feel really crappy if you do that. So I think that biologically we are, we're all you know, set at what our size is determined to be. So it doesn't matter how much you work out and how much you eat if you are trying to find something that's unattainable or re- not sustainable. I
0: remember coming to that realization kind of like midway on my fitness journey, I mm-hmm. guess you would call it, is that I had gotten pretty small and it was impossible for me to maintain unless I was very strictly counting calories. And once I stopped doing that because it became all consuming and I hated it and mm-hmm. I wanted a break from it because it's not maintainable mm-hmm. to constantly be counting calories and weighing food. So then I realized, of course I started putting weight back on. And I remember saying to the trainer that I was working with at the time, cause I was just feeling frustrated. I was like, you know, maybe this is the size, this is the weight that I'm supposed to be at, this is the size for my body or whatever. Uh And it was like the first time that that ever came out of my mouth. And I always remember that when I have those thoughts again, because they don't go away. No, (laughs) I have those thoughts about, I don't know, maybe I need to go back on a diet, or maybe I need to, you know, use like a fitness tracker app, or Mm -hmm. maybe I need to do one of those things. My immediate thought I remind myself of two things. One, how miserable I was when I was counting calories and restricting those calories. And two, what I said to my trainer that day, which is maybe this is just the natural state of my body Mm. that it's supposed that it's intended to be this size, that Mm -hmm. it's intended to have this type of muscle or have this shape or those kinds of things. And when we get that point and we can kind of be more accepting of this is my body and i'm going to love the body that i have or this is my face Mm -hmm. or these are my eyes or this is my voice Mm -hmm. you know or whatever because we're not just changing outward stuff sometimes we're changing inside stuff you know like this is the Mm -hmm. brain that you have and you're really smart and you don't have to dumb yourself down Mm -hmm.
1: in order to be liked or accepted and things like that so well and knowing that you hone into what the features are of yourself that you're not the the most oh my god always flattering or happy about. And I know, like, looking at pictures sometimes I will be like, Oh, I I'm feeling like good in my body this day or I hate whatever. Pictures and, and I love I them at the picture. same time. <laughs> I was gonna say you do love pictures. But um <laughs> I was looking at this one and I was like, Ah, is that what I look like to other people? And then I remember seeing a person that I know and a picture of them and being like, Wow, oh, they look really big in that picture and like I'm looking at them on the same day and that's day, not, and how, that's they not how they look. And how amazing it would be if you were able to see yourself as other people saw you because again pictures are just like a quick snapshot or whether or not
0: and that's the thing there's no way to know what you actually look Mm -hmm. like because you're either looking down at yourself with your own eyes you're looking in a mirror which all of them has flaws Mm -hmm. they're all flawed so some of them are making you look bigger it's like a fun house you never know what you're getting yeah
1: and in the same I like thing, getting the mirror that I like. Oh like, uh, yeah, the skinny mirror. A nice one.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what we all like. It's the skinny in, mirror. Um,
1: I was in the store one time and of um, Nordstroms and uh, Nordstroms of all places. I'm like your mirrors are terrible, and I'm not buying these clothes because <laughs> they look awful. And the salesperson was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, you know, of all places, I would think, like, you would have multiple lighting options. Yes, or, or like,
0: you- decent mirrors. Uh-huh. The fitness studio that I go to, we've moved a couple times, and the first place that they had, they had mirrors that they hung on the wall in the place where you could, like, put your cubby stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And... um there was this one mirror that was a skinny mirror and everyone would take pictures in it because it was bowed a little bit. So it made everyone just enough that you didn't look not like yourself, but enough that you were like, okay, Mm -hmm, check me mm -hmm. out today. And everyone was like,
1: I don't want to look in the other mirror. Can I have that mirror? Because it's fun to look at yourself. My initial introduction, so to speak, of uh yoga was like, all right, I was pretty early on in my separation, I wasn't divorced yet, and I was going to LA Fitness, so I was like, Oh, they have a yoga class here. This'll be great. This is like something that, you know, helps other people, I'll give it a shot. So they have this huge like mirrored side. So like people would constantly you would see people like watching themselves in the mirror and it got to be kind of to the point where I was like, okay, I'm trying to get this pose right. And The more I learned about like the culture of Mm. yoga and the actual practice of it, it's terrible. In our yoga studio at The Village, we have no mirrors because it's it's not not about about that. that. And it's not about what your neighbor is doing next to you or anything like that. But I didn't realize in my mind how much I was looking for that validation until I was practicing in studios that didn't Didn't, offer that. No, I think that that's,
0: that's true because I've been in yoga. Anytime I've gone to a yoga studio, there's no mirrors. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I've been to fitness classes that, sometimes not, that are not in, um, like, actual fitness studios. I've been to places where they have them in, like, churches and, you know, like, yeah. open rooms. Yeah. And there are no mirrors. And it is a completely different experience. It is. Because it's so much more freeing. Mm-hmm. You're able to, you're not worried about what you look like or what your clothes look like on you or how you're moving or anything like that. And you're not able to look around and see the other people. I mean, mm-hmm. that's part of the worst thing with the comparisons is, is that if you're actively engaged in whatever it is that you're doing, you're not going to be or able to see the majority of the people around you. Mm-hmm. And so
1: it helps you stay present, stay focused, and not worry about these things. Sure. Well, and the flip side of that too is in Pilates, at the Pilates studio that I go to, there is a mirror. But you're so, like, if you're on the reformer working, like, br- doing your own breathing, focusing on yourself, if you're in front of that mirror, you're literally just looking at yourself in a form kind of way. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with places that do do that. No, absolutely. But, well, in
0: some places, it's really important because you do want to be able to see your, right. how you're holding yourself and stuff like that.
1: But your self-talk is just so, so important. Um, I did a trauma-informed yoga class where one of my clients came up to me afterwards and said, you know... For an entire hour, I listened to myself just beat the hell out of myself, mm-hmm. and it was so painful. And I didn't realize because sometimes these thoughts come naturally and automatically that they're just part of our regular language. Yeah. And when you're like left to silence that and really hone in on it, you can just um, know. And that's so damaging. It's so damaging it to is. talk to yourself that way. It is. So
0: when we kind of start to explore why these. Appearance expectations exist. It always comes back to money.
1: Right. It who's with, making money? Who's making mm-hmm. the money,
0: right? So why why do these expectations exist? Because the health industry um, makes money. Mm-hmm. And the weight loss industry makes money off of us believing all of these things.
1: All of these expectations and requirements of ourselves. I was shocked to see that um, those diet pill infomercials still exist. Well, yeah. There was like a couple, uh, a couple of nights ago, there was a uh, famous couple on like, yes, I had all these health problems and needed to lose this weight. And so like, boom, I had this magic happen. And, Mm. you know, talking about holistic therapy and counseling and looking at all of the aspects of our life you can't just hone into physical appearance and think that that's going to be the thing that makes you happy well
0: and also you can't just hone in on a pill thinking that just taking that is going to make you lose the weight but that's that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And it, it's still it tricks me still sometimes. Mm-hmm. You see it, you're on Instagram, all the influencers on Instagram with their skinny tees and their waist trainers and their teeth waist whiteners. Trainers. Oh yeah, waist trainers. You gotta cinch the waist. They use it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And part of me is like, oh maybe I should get one of those. that help. And then I'm like, stop. Right. Because it is, it's those automatic thoughts that you're thinking of. Like mm-hmm. I see someone, especially when it's someone that I know. When it's someone that I know that's like, oh, hey, I, st- I started drinking this drink, or I'm doing this detox, or I'm doing this thing, I immediately start thinking, oh, maybe I should do that so I can lose some weight. Even though I am not actively in my life trying to lose mm-hmm. weight, but that's that's that kind of thought process that like it is so ingrained mm-hmm. that as soon as somebody else mentions something, or if I see an ad,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm immediately like, oh, do I need to do that? Mm-hmm. Should I do that?
1: Well, and you have to think about who's getting your money and reminding yourself, this is not going to work. No matter what the, this quick fix, or I'm just going to do this to jumpstart XYZ, you already know that you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment because whatever expectation we've set in our mind is 100% unattainable. I can promise you that. Yeah. Because again, we're constantly chasing this ideal and you never arrive at an ideal. Basically.
0: Well, and one of the things that is crazy is that in America, we spend more each year on beauty than we do on education.
1: Oh, I want to talk a little bit about that because in my group, we're reading Brene Brown's I Thought It Was Just Me book mm-hmm. on shame mm-hmm. and I brought with me just some statistics that she lists because as we started going through this it was such an eye-opener of where we're at in our American society I think that it's important for people to hear these statistics yeah because absolutely they're pretty staggering what she is talking about is this is
0: basically a list of the impact of these expectations that society mm-hmm. has on
1: body image yeah Um, where are we at how are we doing as a society absolutely yeah (laughs) we'll let you determine that one so about 80 million americans are obese 80 million americans approximately 7 million girls and women suffer from an eating disorder up to 19 percent of college age women are bulimic
0: eating disorders are the third most common chronic illness among females
1: The latest surveys show that very young girls are going on diets because they think they are fat and unattractive. In one American survey, 81% of 10-year-old girls had already dieted at least once.
0: There's actually, this is some additional research that I'm familiar with. Between ages four and six, girls start hating their body. Oh, Did you see that Weight Watchers came out with a program for eight-year-olds? I did not. Yeah, they did. Currently, I almost, or- I almost swore yep and I stopped myself. Yes, currently this happened in this past month, mm-hmm. Weight Watchers released a new program f- geared towards children. No child,
1: unless mm-hmm.
0: it is because your doctor has said so, mm-hmm. needs to be on a restricted diet. What they need to understand, again, balanced nutrition. Movement. Movement. Understanding Mm -hmm. that everyone, again, it's going to have a different body shape. Mm -hmm. There are going to be children that are smaller, children that are bigger, children that are shorter and taller. They don't need to be on diets. Um, A research survey found that the single largest group of high school students considering or attempting suicide are girls who feel they are overweight.
1: 25 years ago, top models and beauty queens weighed only 8% less than the average woman. Now they weigh 23% less. Oh, my God. I know. The current media ideal for women is achievable by less than 5% of the female population. And that's just in terms of weight and size.
0: Well, and that's what's great. Like, there are models that are dying. Yeah. There was... there was, I don't, Sometime earlier this year, the end of last year, there were reports of women dying because Mm -hmm. they were literally starving themselves to be so tiny. I mean, there are, again, the people that we see in like the Victoria's Secret models and like on the catwalk and actually they live their life as a model.
1: Well, and we also like in terms of that reprogramming, it's that women that look at plus size models or women of comparable body weights in magazines feel disgusted towards them. So like, why are we looking at the way that we look that's normal and healthy, and being like, no, that's not acceptable. Like, that's the ingrained, Mm -hmm. you know. Well,
0: because that's what we see, because Mm -hmm. that's the 5%, right, where it says the current media ideal for women is achievable by less than 5% of the female population. That 5% of the female population are the models Mm -hmm. that we're seeing in magazines and that we're comparing ourselves to. So nowadays that there are more... Um, variety of body sizes Mm -hmm. being included in the fashion industry is so important because just like we see everywhere representation is important when you see yourself in magazines and tvs that person has my body shape that person is my skin tone that person looks like Mm -hmm. me that person wears glasses that person has my disability whatever you feel connected when we don't see that we feel like we have to change ourselves
1: Right. And then this idea of fitting in versus belonging, because if you change yourself in order to fit in, that's not a true sense of belonging. So again, like once you achieve that ideal, you're still not going to feel good about it. And I think that like, for me, especially it's, it's helpful to think about the connection between all of these industries. Um, And I know we'll get into industries soon, but just to kind of think about in terms of, okay, The diet industry is going off the food industry that lies to people Mm -hmm. about what's in the food, what's organic or healthy, like what language they use in order to make people think that they're making healthy choices when they're not. Mm -hmm. Um, The pharmaceutical industry that's got pills and many different things that maybe you're treating depression that's due to having an unhealthy lifestyle, or maybe you're treating anxiety for the same thing. And then the hospitals and the doctors and people being sick is what's driving everything. So... I don't think anybody really stands to gain from us being healthy yeah. and satisfied except for us. And so if you see yourself as, like, running part of this rat race of giving in to the people that want to take your money, that sometimes that can be helpful, at least for me. And I, I know yeah. that if I think that somebody's getting over on me in that regard, I'm like, oh, hell no. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get involved in that. No.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. Among women over 18 looking at themselves in the mirror, research indicates that at least 80% are unhappy with what they see. In some studies, up to 80% of women overestimated their size. And increasing numbers of women with no weight problems or clinical psychological disorders look at themselves in the mirror and see ugliness and fat. And that's just Mm -hmm. right there. That is just the clear fact of what is ingrained in our society.
1: Oh my gosh, I hear all the time. I feel so fat. I feel so this. And people say, intellectually, logically, I know this isn't true, but this is how I feel. Right. So if you feel that you can't say that, then you're, like, denying your experience. So I think that people really need to share these things more with each other instead of feeling like they're alone. Again, that comes back to belonging.
0: Well, and I think, too, like, being able to open up our vocabulary. Like, what I know for me, if I've just eaten and I feel really full. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might have said, like, oh, I feel really fat right now, but, like, that's not accurate. I don't mm-hmm. feel fat. I feel full. I feel maybe satisfied. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I feel over, like I've overeaten a little bit too much. I'm mm-hmm. overfull, and I think that that's important, too, to kind of explore instead of just labeling yourself in kind of the traditional ways that we do – what are you actually experiencing? Are mm-hmm. you feeling like the clothes that you're wearing are too tight and they're uncomfortable? And is that why you are identifying yourself as fat? Like well, really and starting it, to explore it more.
1: It might be that you've made some really unhealthy choices over the last few days or weeks and that you need to get yourself back on track. I know that I keep that in yeah. my mind too. Like, oh, my clothes aren't really fitting right. Like, yeah, because I haven't really <laughs> been doing the things right. that I need to do. So again, it's about that accountability And if you're staying true to who you are and what you want to be a healthy lifestyle for yourself, you're not going to want to stay off track for too long. You're going to feel crappy. Well, I think it's important to realize that fat isn't a feeling.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can't feel fat. Mm -hmm. You can feel uncomfortable. You can feel tired. You can feel you know, all of those things. So like, yeah, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And this is why I'm realizing I maybe I haven't been eating the way that my body needs me to. And sure. so I'm
1: feeling this way. Well, and I also want to say that keeping yourself in check does not mean beating yourself up. I didn't mean Correct. that when I made that comment, because I was like, Oh, yeah, you don't need to punish your body and say, Oh, my gosh, you're so bad for no. enjoying your weekend and having you know, a no it's just birthday the awareness whatever yes well that goes back mm-hmm. to the
0: intuitive eating principles it's just being aware there's no good and bad food and if you're like you know what i had three days that i really enjoyed eating all that food but wow my body is needing
1: something different right now mm-hmm. so i'm gonna do that mm-hmm. and that's okay well and i did i believe in the last podcast bring up too you can overeat Everything. healthy foods anything too, you know what i mean yeah you can't eat a whole can of uh Nuts or pistachios and, you know, not expect okay. to have a belly.
0: Well, and the same thing with salad. If you eat that <laughs> much raw food, like, constantly at one sitting, like, you can make yourself sick on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, back to the list here. According to the American Society for Plastic Surgery, mm-hmm. since 1997, there has been a 465% increase in the total number of cosmetic procedures. I'm not and surprised. I am not. Not at all. And I also want to add that, the majority now not all because but the majority of people that i know that have some have had some sort of facial reconstruction what they had in their mind was not the result that they got i agree and not that it was like horrible or it just wasn't like as big of a change and they were like i think i really came back to being okay with the way it was before only i spent all this money and again I'm not saying 100% of the people, and I know a lot of people that have do- had breast work that have been very happy with mm-hmm. it and not like, not done it because they were doing it for somebody else, but just feeling like, I've always been this way, and I like to have this way. So I, it's really a matter of personal preference. Again, it goes back to getting to in touch with your intention behind. And right.
0: Answer the why, basically. Yeah. I know. I know someone personally, actually, who had um, breast implant illness mm. and got very sick. Turns out, one of her implants was leaking. She was. She developed Graves' disease. Mm-hmm. She was having a lot of serious health issues finally decided to get her implants out and has been doing a lot better. And again, that doesn't happen to everyone. I also know a really good friend who has breast implants and it's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. and doesn't have any issues. But I do. I really think it's about what's your why? What's the reasoning behind making these decisions? Is it for you? Mm -hmm. Not for... Oh, it's because of what society wants or what somebody else is is requiring of me. Mm -hmm. Women had nearly ten point seven million cosmetic procedures, ninety percent of the total. That's crazy. So all of those people, (laughs) though, I mean, it's it's not crazy, but it is. The Mm -hmm. number of cosmetic procedures for women has increased forty nine percent since two
1: thousand and three. More women than Michael Jackson made up the other ten (laughs) percent solely alone, probably. So the top five surgical procedures for women were liposuction, breast augmentation, eyelid surgery, tummy tuck, and facelift. Yeah. Americans spent
0: just under $12.5 billion on cosmetic procedures in 2004 alone.
1: That's a lot of money. So
0: the people that benefit from this, these appearance expectations, are all of these industries. So we have some... You want to read all these numbers? Because these are crazy.
1: I do want to read these numbers, but I just had this flashback to when I was in St. Lucia and just remembering traveling the back roads and looking at people like they didn't have phones, they didn't have cameras, like we would take a picture and they'd be like, oh, let me see myself in this camera. (laughs) And just some of the like most joyous people that you've ever met in your life, just really, you know, grateful for what they have, appreciative of their communities, really like, taking out all i mean they don't have department stores there or cosmetic surgeries or this and that it's just you are who you are and you interact with the people that you interact with and you just you have the freedom to be who you are and you can just see it on their their faces and And you're not seeing what everybody else is doing at every minute mm -hmm, of the day mm -hmm, exactly looking at the benefits who benefits from the appearance expectations Well, we have a $38 billion hair industry. We have a $33 billion diet industry. Mm -hmm. We have a $24 billion skincare industry. We have an $18 billion makeup industry, a $15 perfume industry, and a $13 billion. Cosmetic surgery industry. So, that right there is a
0: crap ton of people that are depending on all Americans to hate themselves mm-hmm. and want to
1: change every single aspect of how they look and we can't have affordable health (laughs) care but this is where we're going to channel our resources and funds into and i won't get into a political rant on that but i'm just saying where are we putting our money and are we making the most of our resources to help ourselves and help our society and our neighbors yeah
0: i think it's a it's a challenge to everyone listening and to ourselves to really think about again intention of how we're spending our time and money. Mm-hmm. Are you doing this for yourself? If you're doing some of these things for yourselves because you want them, and like I know a lot of friends, and I do too, I enjoy going to a salon and getting my hair done because it's self-care, it's me time. Good, keep doing that, do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going because, God forbid, if your roots show, some that means something about you. you know Your gray hair is showing, or this or that, whatever maybe we need to explore that a little bit more. So Well, and I'm
1: thinking like skincare industry too is probably like we all need to take good care of our skin. It's an organ on our body and we want to... Right, but by how much?
0: And there's a lot of people... Right, Mm -hmm. like why are you doing what you're doing? Do you need to get rid of wrinkles versus do you need to just make sure your skin is hydrated? You know, like I don't know. Can't we have both? No. We might. Maybe we can.
1: (laughs) No, I just think that so many people depend on us to fund these things and yes I don't know it's kind of like these expectations aren't realistic most of the time and you if you're setting yourself up for something that isn't realistic you're just gonna end up beating yourself up and not being happy in the long run
0: So this is something that, and actually you just said one of the questions, but one of the things that you can do when we're really trying to develop that critical inner awareness Mm -hmm. is ask ourselves some of these questions. And so we can do that by looking at what triggers your shame and asking six reality check questions. And they are, how realistic are my expectations? Mm, That's mm -hmm. what you just said. Can I be all of these things all the time? Do the expectations conflict with one another? Am I describing who I want to be or who others want me to be? If someone perceives me as having these unwanted identities, what will happen? Can I control how others perceive me? How do I try? If you can write those down, that's something that I think all of us can take time to really explore the behaviors that we're doing. So every Mm -hmm. time Christy and I said... You know, you really need to check within yourself. Why are you doing this? Ask yourselves those questions. So, do you want plastic surgery? Okay, maybe ask yourselves these questions and mm-hmm. go through and try and figure out is that really what I want
1: or am I doing it for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're doing it for somebody else, checking in with what is that relationship like. And so I always tell people, start with yourself. What is your relationship like with yourself? Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, without this person, I would be nothing. Or Mm. if somebody's telling you that you would be nothing without them. Again, that's a very important thing to look at because we want to be the very best version of ourselves so that when we're in relationships, we can give to that relationship. So that it's not a balancing act of, you know, this person is carrying the other person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that that pretty much sums up, that really just sums it up.
0: Yeah. We just wanted to touch on the impact of society. I think, again, those questions Mm -hmm. are going to be the best tool that, that you guys can use to really start to um, have some self exploration and really just analyzing your own beliefs about all the different things related to body image, health, every beauty, everything like that, men and women. We all have, I know we talked a lot about women today. There are a lot of expectations on men as mm-hmm. well in terms of what they look like. And also for the men listening, I think it's important to realize that you're also getting these Information fed to you too that this is what women should look like. And so it does then affect our relationships Mm -hmm. with friends and with family and with uh, partners when their expectations of us are. Unrealistic. In, yeah, are unrealistic, mm-hmm. are in line with society, what mm-hmm. society is feeding us. So I think that that's important to realize. So all of us need to be aware of these things. How, you know. So it's like, how realistic are my expectations of myself, of others, mm-hmm. of my relationship, of what I'm asking of my partner, of you know, expectations of my children and how they're going to look or how they're going to live their life and
1: realizing that those are things that maybe we can reel in and work on and change. Right. I was just thinking about recent example um, i was going shopping with a f- good friend of mine and she was like well i wanted to wear these shoes cuz they're super comfortable but in that area that we're going to be like people are super judgy and i was like oh my gosh who cares be comfortable I'll totally and if be people were just like giving you the stink eye over your shoes like then they have some issues that absolutely um,
0: that's something that i definitely have come to embrace wholeheartedly is just be comfortable. If this is the body that I have, who cares? Like, do I want to look nice? Yes, but I want to look nice to me. I don't want yeah. to look nice by somebody else's standards. Well, and
1: dressing with clothes that fit you, that you feel that good are in, comfortable—that that yes. is a very important part of like your confidence and being assured. And again, that's also an important part of your health and wellness. So, taking good care of yourself physically you know, making sure that you're grooming yourself the way that you want to groom you're dressing the way that you want to dress that all equals feeling good about yourself. So do it, whatever it is that makes you comfortable, go for it. 100%.
0: Thank you for listening to conversations to connect with Gretchen and Christy. If you like our show, want more information and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram.
1: We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time. Peace.